Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast, your one-stop shop for all Boink and Science News from the past week. I'm your host, Jay Ringo, joined as always and on camera this week by the dancing donkey from down under, Delta. <laughs> there you go, dancing on camera. Hey, oh, I actually, I, I can't see your camera anymore. You're just a big black screen because I screwed up because I'm really bad at <laughs> doing audio things and somehow screwed up my video drivers. <laughs> oh, but hey, what are you going to do? This week, we are talking about Boink and business and the combination of the two and you know, what to do about it. But first, of course, we've got the news and there's some pretty cool news coming out this week. So we'll be getting to that right after Delta shows us his tea this week and tells us what's in the cup. Well, yeah, today we have 2D tea because I am on camera at the moment. I have a big mug here. It's the biggest mug in the cupboard. And unfortunately, it's a cake and a mug mug. So I just put some tea in it because I like it. It's a big mug. Today, we are following the trend of going tropical. Uh, and we have gorgeous geisha. Okay, there's the there's the tea. Did you tea have two. a geisha one already? Yeah, I did. But this one's a different one. In the in the packet, there's like three of them. So it's it's weird. But... I saved them all to last for some reason. This one's actually quite simple. It has just green tea, natural and artificial flavoring, uh, and it has freeze-dried strawberries. That's a nice touch. Mm. It's quite <laughs> simple. I just added some lemon to it. And, uh, it, yeah, it's just very simple. It's not, not that fantastic. Yuska says, this sounds like an ad. And let me tell you, this whole thing is an ad for Boink and tea. We are sponsored not only by Library.Science, but also every tea that Delta has ever, ta- ever talked about. <laughs> tea too. Tea too. <laughs> that is not true. Although, if anyone who has tea wants to sponsor us with tea, feel free. Uh, yep, send, me, send me a big packet. All right? yeah. I want it to last a year. Yeah. Are you running out of tea yet? I'm under the impression that you have like this cupboard of old teas that you're slowly like drawing from and eventually you can run out. I, I want to get sponsored by a tea manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> that's really the end game of this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's a great way to use Boink to start a business, a tea business. You're getting tea sponsorship through Boink. Oh, man. Tea time at home. How relevant. Man, but as you might have gathered, dear listener, this is one of them there participatory podcasts like the YouTubes, except we're on Discord. So come on Discord, right? <laughs> the Boink Network Discord server, and you can join the recording. We record every Friday at 5 p.m. EST. Um, uh, you're welcome to join. If you have a mic, you're more than welcome to talk. We had some folks on last week who were very informative, helping us uh, suss out the ins and outs of GPUs versus CPUs. Uh, and if you don't have a mic, you're welcome to join in the text chat here <laughs> as people are. What about a webcam? Talk. Are we welcome with a webcam? You're welcome with a webcam, although that will not be recorded and put on onto the um on the podcast because then i have to go and find video hosting services and we're already on so many podcast hosting services what with the the spotify the itunes the deezer the the, that's really all i can rattle off the top of my head stitcher i think's in there but any podcast listening service you can listen to us on also boink.network that's a website all right awesome intro i think we cruised through that So my tea this week, and by the way, everyone, throw your beverages in the chat. We'll bring them in as Whoa. we go throughout the show. What? You got tea? I, well, we were talking a little bit about this before the show. Um, I call it tea, I, but I I'm got to remain <laughs> enthusiastic for the audience. I am, I am a tea novice, so I just squeezed some lime into my cold water, and I'm calling it tea. So I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I got. No. Yeah, that's expected. Not good enough. But hey, let's get the show on the road. <laughs>
All right, kicking off the news this week with what I would say is the highlight of the week. It's that open pandemics project coming out of IBM's World Community Grid. Well, it's up and running. How cool is that? That was really Yay. quick. Get uh, the crowd going. <gasps> do your elbow clappy thing. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. That's impressive. So, yeah, this is a project, as I said, run by World Community Grid, which is uh, an umbrella project. So they have a whole bunch. They do the microbiome immunity. They do open Zika. They did a fight HIV AIDS. They do a, a Africa rainfall project. I think they have a couple of their climate projects in the works, but who knows how those are progressing uh, with the current state of the everything right now. So, But open pandemics, incredibly relevant. They are currently working on uh, SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 um, or what is colloquially known as the coronavirus. <laughs> and they are doing what every other project is doing that is working on them, most other projects, uh, which is protein docking. Uh, Delta, you want to give a quick rundown on what that is really quick? Really quick. Yeah, so what um, what happens in your body is that you have proteins, and these proteins have specific functions in your body, like stuff like digestion, transporting oxygen, all sorts of stuff like that. And so World Community Grid, among others, are trying to find a protein that can bind onto the, uh, the coronavirus spike protein and actually disable it and stop it from infecting the human cells. Awesome. And the way they're doing this is, uh, just like a bunch of other projects, is it involves the giant open data sets of just other drugs, other molecules, other pharmaceuticals Billions. out there. So many. <laughs> they, uh, they just simulate uh, molecule A or drug A trying to attack the spike protein. And uh, they do it with every drug they can possibly find. And if they find some candidates, they go and do more research with it, which might even involve... Well, they just repeat the process. <laughs> yeah, they narrow it down for... Uh, it's the same thing they did with the Open Zika project, which is one of the projects I'm referencing as every project that does biology is basically doing this. Um, Open Zika, they had, what, several millions, tens of millions of uh, compounds. They tested it and they narrowed it down to 20-something uh, candidates for uh, it's either a vaccine or a cure to Zika. And I think they're continuing to test those uh, more intensely now, which is really cool. Uh, Kiska asks, are they still using Autodoc Vena? I have no idea what that means. Yeah, it's more of a technical question. <laughs> Better off gone and delving into the forums or something. All right. Uh, so that's how they're doing the science behind it. But as the name of the project suggests, it's not just about COVID-19. Uh, open Pandemics is about First of all, it approaches the realization that, hey, pandemics are probably, this is not a one and done sort of thing. They're probably going to become more common in the type of world we live in, which is very connected. And, and it just there's just more, more viruses, <laughs> not more viruses, more people exchanging viruses. So there's more mutations happening and whatnot. So they have built a project that is going to build the infrastructure to fight future pandemics as well. Uh, and, and one of the things that this current run that's working on Corona uh, COVID-19 is going to do is help develop the software that's going to be used in future pandemics or maybe epidemics or whatever that you want to say. Uh, so this this also ties into a lot of the other stuff we've been talking about uh, on the show here. A lot of these projects that have been around for a very long time, like Rosetta at Home, which is the other uh, big COVID-19 project on the Boyk Network, or Folding at Home, which is another infrastructure in itself uh, that's also working on COVID-19, that's also been around for a very long time. A lot of the stuff they've been doing is getting the software to work and work efficiently and work well. So Open Pandemics is uh, fighting the coronavirus and at the same time uh, making their software work better for the future. It's really cool. There's uh, 
a long vision on this one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so it's out of beta. Beta was like last week, and it's a full-blown project now. So you can go ahead and jump on it and do it. Get crunching. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it available for Android, says uh, Sackpop. And the immediate answer is yes. Yes, it is. I believe it is, yeah. Well, Community Grid is one of the uh, best Android projects out there. And uh, I'm just going to use the word best because I don't know what else. There are only a few Android projects that work well uh, and have consistent work. And World Community Grid has consistent work for Android. Uh, I think because they just have so many different sub-projects. Really, Rosetta at Home has a lot of Android work. Thank you, Kiska. I did not know that. Uh, cool. So yeah, as Delta says, gig crunching. Uh, moving on from open pandemics, we got GPU grid and, uh, they just did a thing and I don't know much about the thing. So <laughs> Delta, teach me about this thing they did. Yeah. So, um, earlier on in, uh, at the end of January, close to the start of February, they released a whole bunch of work units and it was the biggest batch so far by the looks of it. Uh, and they only finished it, uh, not too long ago. And uh, they're just congratulating everyone on um, accomplishing the huge batch of tasks they have. Uh, they said they're going to give it a little bit of a break and then bring some more tasks in. I hope they're actually bringing a lot more tasks in because GPU Grid is notorious for not having that many tasks. Um, and uh, yeah, so the achievement that they got was 25 milliseconds of sampling to be used for biomedical protein modeling at large. So that 25 milliseconds might not seem like a lot, but in protein land it is. I'm picturing that uh, GIF we share every once in a while of the protein walking, you know, just doing work. And I'm wondering, like, what speed that's at. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to look that up someday. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, GPU Grid, as you mentioned, uh, it's notoriety for gr uh, grinding through work units very quickly. Uh, and I think it also has, it's one of the most reliable uh <laughs> GPU projects, though, at the same time. So I think that might be why they grind through work units so quickly. That's because everyone's throwing GPUs at them. Yep, GPUs are pretty quick. Cool. All right. Do we know what this uh, 25, like a little more about what the 25 millisecond uh, simulation can be used for? Um, well, I'm not a biochemist or a biomedical protein expert, but uh, I assume it can just help with certain types of modeling, I guess. So trying to figure out what might fit where, giving computers an idea or AI an idea of where it might choose the next protein or what it might choose to change the protein with. Um, I don't know if anyone else in the chat might have any more information on this, but as far as I know, it's just generally for research and helping to aid research. Oh, would you call it basic research? Probably not basic. This is quite advanced stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. See, this is, I was uh, having a conversation with someone who uh, works in the sciences quite a bit, and I called it foundational research. And they're like, no, no, it's basic research. But I, I just went with it. But my response to it now, like three days later, is yeah, but when you say basic research, people think like, oh, it's, that's so basic. You basic ass beep. But. <laughs> So would you call it foundational research? It's the research that will just teach us more about stuff and we'll use that knowledge to go learn something translational. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's probably most likely some sort of foundational research. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Mike G does point out that there are tons of other projects with uh, lots of continuous work for GPUs. So do explore. Uh, and then there's a bunch of nostalgia about back when it was PS3 grid. Oh, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yep. But moving on here. Uh, oh, someone brought to our attention here uh, in the pre-recording about a, a new project coming in called uh, Eber CVs. 
which is, um, well, Ebru CVs itself, and I apologize if I'm butchering the pronunciation, it's because it's a project run out of Spain, uh, and it's an infrastructure, uh, it's basically its own infrastructure, distributed computing infrastructure that does uh, biomedical research, if I understand correctly, and I don't know too much about the project, so I could be completely wrong here. But uh, what they've done is create a Boink project, which essentially ties their distributed computing infrastructure in with the Boink infrastructure. So uh, you can sign up for their project and basically you're contributing to their infrastructure through Boink. And that's something that's pretty neat about Boink being just this uh, big, <laughs> use the word again, infrastructure that anyone can connect to and build their, their project on, being this open source permissionless project. Yeah, so it comes here in the chat, says Ibrisivis is uh, searching drugs that already exist and can fight COVID. So a lot of the work that uh, Open Pandemics is doing, Reset at Home is doing, uh, stuff like that, the, the docking. That sounds fun. It's run by the High Council of Scientific Research. <laughs> People wonder why I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh. All right. So check out that project if you are so inclined. Uh, I think it's just the Ibrisivis project, boink.ibrisivis.edu. Uh, we'll put a link in the in the description below, actually, so you don't need to try and spell Probably it off my, yeah, off my horrible pronunciation. <laughs> uh, what else have we got for news? What else? What else? We got the Boink Pentathlon. That is an ongoing uh, Boink competition that uses the gamification uh, structure of Boink, which we have talked about in its own episode, if you want to go back and listen to that. Uh, but basically, it's a project run, or it's a, a competition run by a group, SETI.Germany, which has been crunching for, oh, good long while, yeah? I don't know why. That's know not why. a German accent. <laughs> no, it's not. That was, I think it was supposed to be Irish and like an old-timey American accent combined together, and I don't know what happened. Uh, I apologize, but we'll keep going with that. Uh, so the way this competition is set up uh, is there are several different events, kind of like in a, pet, a pentathlon, right? So they have a sprint, a cross-country event, a city-run event, a javelin throw, and a marathon. And each one uh, is um, represented by a different project. Uh, for example, the marathon is the Rosetta at Home project. And basically, the teams are um, incentivized, if you will, to run this project nonstop throughout the competition. And then the other ones uh, have sort of uh, start and stop dates, right? So there are specific javelin throw events. Uh, I think there, there's been three so far. There's one ongoing right now and then one more after this. Uh, the cross country, I think, is like the marathon, just not as long. And the sprint hasn't started yet. Uh, but that is just a really quick burst of work on a specific project. Uh, so they really put a lot of thought into how this competition is run, and it's really, really interesting and fun. Uh, Which city are we running through? Uh, the city run was Universe at Home, the city of the oh, universe. Running through the universe, God damn it! <laughs> it's going to take a while. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, it is already completed, though. That ran from May 7th to May 12th. Um, oh, so already crossed the universe. Great. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. Uh, you know, they're doing that construction out there by Beetlejuice, but uh, they'll, they'll get it done eventually. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> that was so dry. <laughs> the javelin throw is number fields at home. As I said, uh, there's one ongoing now. There's another javelin throw in two days. And the sprint is Eber Seavies. Uh, so there you go. Uh, sprint that project that starts in two days, it looks like. Uh, and it will run for three days. It's a long sprint. Uh, and that's when the, the competition will end at large in three days. So 
Yeah, cool. Let's do some standees really quick. Uh, on the top, we got Sc the Scottish Boink team. Awesome. Uh, team A and Tech is in second place. Sede Germany, the hosts of the competition, are in third. And then fourth through tenth in this order go Czech national team, Planet 3D Now, Linus Tech Tips, Dutch Power Cows. Lost some points there, Dutch. Um, the, the Alliance Francophone, Wreckencraft, and Hard OCP, and just for Delta, Boink Australia has dropped from 11th to 12th place. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sprint. I'm sorry, Kiska. Uh, Kiska in the chat here says the the sprint starts in two hours, not two days. I was misreading the timestamp. Oh no! <laughs> Go stamp. Go sprint. Uh, Sack uh, Pop asks me and Delta what team we're on. Uh, I am on the Gridcoin team. Delta, what team are you on? Yeah, unfortunately, the same. I I, I got too much university to worry about um, to worry about a pentathlon, but maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year we will have uh, our own Boink team. You know, the Boink Network team. Oh yeah, we should start up our own Boink team. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, let's let's rein it in. Let's keep it focused. Keep it close. But that's a dream, right? Huddle, huddle. <laughs> All right, so that's the Bunk Pentathlon. Shout out to these guys um, for for putting this thing together. It's a lot of fun to watch. And last piece of news here is something we've been repeating for the past couple weeks here, but we really got to make sure that people do not fly to Germany in the beginning of September expecting there to be a Boink workshop because there is no Boink workshop in September in Germany this year. There's no Boink workshop this year whatsoever. Uh, the virus has done its thing and canceled all in-person meetups. So that said, there has been quite a bit of response and there's uh, discussions happening in the development community of Boink about a, a virtual workshop. I think it's a great idea. I think we should get it going. Uh, if you want to help organize the thing, reach out to us here on the Boink Network Discord. Email us at boink.network uh, at gmail.com or tweet us at Boink Network. And just let us know you want to help and how you could help. And it looks like this might happen uh, in the fall, you know. Uh, depending, again, if we get people to actually help out and organize it, because it will take some effort. But if you have ideas about what we should do, definitely let us know. My idea is we should host it in Australia. We should host the virtual workshop in Australia? Yep, because then I can <laughs> come to it. <laughs> I like uh, it. It'll be my first point workshop that I can actually come to. <laughs> just, to just to be clear, we're joking here, right? Because it's a virtual workshop? No, 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 no. Host it in Australia. We need to get Australia on the world stage for distributed computing. How are we going to host a virtual workshop in a physical location? <laughs> well, I can get one of my university rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a server on Australia, yeah. And then, and, and then we have little stalls everywhere. So we have like the Einstein at home stall, and then you have the GPU grid stand, and then you have the world community grid stand, and we just go through and like videotape all of them, and there's no one in the stands. It's It'll be great. <laughs> the virtual, it's just you in a room with all these stands walking yep. around with, a, I imagine, a long pointer because someone else put these presentations together and you have to be six feet away from them just to be sure, right? Just in case they cough. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at the uni, we have 360-degree uh, cameras, so we can actually stream 360 degrees. Wow, cool. All right. this uh, That settles it. The virtual workshop will be hosted in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I've committed to flipping pancakes. I will have to get a webcam for that, uh, but I will flip pancakes throughout the, uh, well, cook pancakes, flip them when they're ready to be flipped, of course, uh, but cook pancakes throughout the, the workshop part. So that'll be fun too. So there's two incentives for folks to come help out and make this thing happen. Delta will have a 360 degree camera, perhaps in a room by himself with different presentations. <laughs> And I will be with a PowerPoint pancakes. presentation on why you should host the Boink Workshop in Australia. <laughs> there we go. 
And uh, I, I will be flipping pancakes. Uh, Smo in the chat here says the physical workshop uh, usually also features a hackathon. That's, that is true. That was part of the workshop in uh, Chicago. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so that is something to consider, some sort of hackathon, teach people how to set up their own Boink project, uh, things like that. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, so if anyone else has any other ideas, reach out to us here on Discord. You don't even need to like reach out to me. Just come in and start talking about it in the Discord. We got a bunch of people in here that just kind of hang out and talk about Boink and whatnot. Uh, cool. So catching up on the chat here before we move on, uh, we got some people helping out with some GPU projects. So here, uh, Mike G points out the GPU projects with continuous supplies of work. Prime Grid is doing those prime numbers and you never run out of work with that. Einstein is doing astrophysics. Uh, astrophysics? Is it? Or, uh, astronomy. Or is it doing no, it's astrology? Okay. Astrophysics and astrology? <laughs> Not astrology. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is a private GFN server. I'm not entirely sure what that means. That's doing math. Uh, Milky Way is also doing uh, astrophysics. Or is that astronomy? Is that astrophysics? Eh, give or take. <laughs> <laughs> and Colats is also doing math work. So GPU Grid is the the only GPU work uh, with uh, biology for medicine, really. Although Mike also mentions Apparently that there is an astrology at home. <laughs> there is? Oh, how exciting. We should get them on the show. Uh, like, what the heck could they be doing? Or is Mike G just pulling one on us? Yeah, he's pulling it. <laughs> <laughs> astrology at home. I think they're run by the same guy that's uh, that do uh, cosmetology at home. So <laughs> you've you've just butchered everything there. <laughs> did I? Or yep. did I? <laughs> <End> <laughs> Mike, <this> now. <laughs> Mike G does also mention that uh, Open Pandemics is perhaps looking into doing GPU work. That would be pretty cool. Um, and of course, the other biomedical projects you could be, or other prior biomedical distributed computing that's working on COVID that you could be uh, contributing to is folding at home. Uh, there we go. We got amicable number numbers also does GPU work and number fields as well. Asteroids also does uh, asteroids at home also does GPU work. Uh, we got people pining about Ibercivis here and blah 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 blah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and here we have a list of reliable Android projects. Uh, Asteroids at Home, Royal Community Grid, Einstein, Yo-Yo, Moo Rapper, uh, Rosetta at Home, and Universe uh, at Home. So that's pretty cool. Now, oh, we got another suggestion here. Smo also says that uh, it would be really cool to have the scientists behind the projects present their work at the workshop. And that I agree. That would be really, really nice. It would be like an ideal scenario. We'd have uh, some Boink, some people who contribute to the Boink code base talk about sort of challenges and um, sort of the wish list that came out this year, perhaps. Uh, we'd have project and uh, admins, project heads and admins talk about their projects, what they've been doing, some updates. That uh, was honestly the best part of the workshop uh, last year, uh, like hearing from Climate Prediction and, and hearing from Einstein and, and all these different projects about what they've been doing and what they want to do in the future. Uh, like it would be really cool to have an update from what they presented last year. Uh, and, and then also having sort of community ideas about, um, for example, last year's Besides just all the science and development stuff, we talked about design concepts. And it was really cool that IBM brought in some people to teach us about design concepts. And uh, we had people just brainstorming how to make Boink better in general. Uh, so that sort of discussion would be really cool again, just to have someone in a room. And, you know, it's not the same as being in a physical room, but it's still, it's fun. I had my first 
uh, Zoom birthday this uh, this week. It wasn't my birthday. Uh, it was my niece's, and it was like it was five to ten minutes, and we all got on Zoom and like saying happy birthday to her, and it was really really fun. So it's a it's a different uh, a, a good but different sort of experience, right? Did you play pin the tail on the donkey or what? No, but she licked the cake like right in front of us all. She licked the cake. Like she said, I can do this this year because none of you are here. And she just licked the cake. So I'm, it was really like uplifting to see her making the best of it. But uh, oh, that's a great idea. Smo also says we could get some ARM people showing off their latest hardware. We could have a live hardware like show and tell right because people are going to be in their homes or whatever so you can show your stuff and talk about it and talk about the challenges of setting up your hardware and then do live overclocking with liquid nitrogen there we go just pour liquid nitrogen on your cpu just directly do not do that do not do only if you know what you're doing that's what they actually do to overclock stuff. <laughs> uh, Keith's going to say we could ask AMD and Intel to show off their new stuffs. There's a whole bunch of things we could do. But in order to do these things and like go to a project and be like, hey, put spend the time to put together a presentation for this virtual workshop, we need to have you know a group of people and a, a little infrastructure in place ready to go. So when they when we ask them to spend time and, and resources to put this, this stuff together, they, they do it with confidence that we're actually going to do the thing and people will view it and will be fun. So we got to get that first part together first, guys. So these ideas, keep them coming. But also, if you want to help organize the thing, if you're like, I can do design for like marketing and media, come on in and let us know and, and help out that way. If I can do some community organizing. Uh, I can put together, I don't know what we'll need on the tech side. Yeah, an itinerary. Uh, I don't know what we need. Three-course menu. (laughs) We do need food and coffee. Free coffee last year was also great. Um, But on the tech side, what are we going to need? Putting together maybe a little website. uh, 360-degree camera. (laughs) There you go. That sort of stuff. And tea, yeah, important tea. Backpop volunteers to bring the teas for everyone. Smo is volunteering to boss us around and distribute the work. I love it. There we go. So we can get a little group going, a little uh, group chat in the in the future. Maybe we'll start it after today's episode. But we've been on this for long enough. So we are going to, speaking of exactly, come says, what about the main topic today? Before we get to the main topic, since we were just talking about showing and telling, how about a uh, uh, rig of the week? And this week's rig of the week is Kisco. Woo! Yay! Oh, let me clap again. <laughs> hey! <laughs> and the rig. Kiska claps monotonally. Monotonally? All right. And Nusi also says for the workshop, please only real tea, not cold water and lime. And I accept that dig, but also, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm with the audience on this one. <laughs> All right, Keith's got... Uh, what's the rig? What's the rig? You tell us. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a Xeon X5650 at 4 gigahertz. Uh, it has 20 gigabytes of DDR3 RAM, which is quite a bit uh, for an average computer. Uh, they also have a Radeon uh, version 7, by the looks of it. Uh, and uh, it's overclocked as well. So, um, yeah, great. Cool. What does that mean that you don't know if the results are valid um, because it's overclocked? Uh, some people um, during overclocking, uh, it, the system can become unstable. So I think what they're trying to say there is that they don't know whether or not the results are actually valid because the system's going so fast for the actual data to catch up. So you occasionally get corruptions here and there, and that's gotcha. the side effect from from uh, from overclocking. 
Did you almost say side effect from coronavirus? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Awesome rig, Kiska. If you got any picks, do share them in the Discord. Um, and we do have a, a backlog of rigs of the week. So uh, we've got those. But if you want to be regular week, share it on Reddit, share it in the Discord, tweet at us at Boink Network, and we'll get you in the recording. All right. And last thing before we get into the main topic, Boink and Business is, of course, drumroll. A shout out to our main sponsors of the show, Library.Science. Library.Science focuses on the curation of science news, the creation and curation of science content, the spread of science, literary communication, education, and the advancement of the decentralized system of science. Jimmy, what have they won? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Library.Science is a group that is itself supported by uh, the Library Protocol, which is a decentralized content hosting protocol and so much more. You can check Library out at lbry.com, lbry.tv, lbry.org. Any of those will get you where you need to go. It's a pretty cool thing. Check it out. Alternative to YouTube and whatnot. All right. So main topic today, Delta. What the heck are we talking about? I've completely lost my mind talking about all this news. Yep. So um, I wanted to talk about uh, Boink for Business because uh, it's something that not a lot of people might have thought about. And uh, I should probably introduce it. So... Uh, we're not talking about businesses that are hosting Boink projects. So we're not talking about stuff like World Community Grid, which is run by IBM. We're talking about Boink projects or projects that use Boink in order to make some sort of money. They don't don't have to be profits. They can be a non-for-profit. Um, but they just have to have the aim of actually taking maybe the results of Boink or using a Boink project to generate some sort of business model. So uh, some examples of um, Boink projects that could be business models. Uh, the easiest one is distributed data mining. So we have big data here nowadays, and being able to process all that big data is big business. So that's the first main idea that a Boink project could be as, as a business model. Another one could be pharmacology. Um, we already sort of do this with uh, all the biology projects, but they don't really go on to say, oh, we're going to do crunching to make a new drug to sell that drug. But that's, that's another possible business model. You could also make a Boink system that performs business decision-making. I know there's plenty of systems out there that do professional business uh, decision support. Uh, you can also make, um, I came up with an idea of an art system. So if you have like an AI or something that you train on the Boink network that generates art and then you sell the art to, I don't know, maybe people who want to put the art in their home or something like that or want a desktop background, you can do that. Uh, there's also sensor projects that can actually benefit as a business. Uh, I don't have any specific examples, but uh, for those of you that don't know what a sensor project is, it's where you actually physically plug something into your computer and that whatever you connect via USB or whatever it is collects data from the external world. So that uh, sensor project can definitely be um, made into a business. Um, there is a project that has the potential at the moment to become a business model. Uh, it's a relatively new project called Ithena. Uh, and what they do is they basically just map the internet. So they're checking which paths have the most traffic on them. They check where all the networks are interconnected and such like that. And it, um, if Ithena is listening, you could probably sell that data onto internet service providers in order for them to improve their infrastructure. Because now that we're all online, they're probably more um, interested in knowing where the bottlenecks in their systems are. So that's one another idea for uh, a Boink project for a business. And I have one of my own ideas. All right, I was I was sitting at university one time and I I was tuning out from the lecture and I was thinking, how can we make a Boink project for business? And I thought, guttering, roofing. 
What? Okay. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. I'm ready to track. Hear me out. So, a- around the eaves of your house, you have guttering, right? So, it's where the water comes in from the roof and flows out into the drain. Okay. Ideally, now, yes. There are businesses that do that, uh, are dedicated to actually doing those sorts of guttering jobs. And it would be a benefit to them if they can make their job more efficient. So, if they were to put less downpipes or maximize the efficiency of one of the downpipes or something like that, it would cost them less to produce, which means it'll cost the consumer less, which means that they have a better business model. So my idea is making a Boink project that uses mathematics to mathematically determine the best and most efficient possible configuration of downpipes in guttering. <laughs> and that's my idea. Wow. Yeah, so um, uh, larger... some examples. Uh, oh, yeah, what was that, Django? I don't like a, a, a abstracted version of that. Would Just like engineering efficiency. You know, just increasing yeah, yeah, across all, all fields, including guttering, mm. which is highly specific. Like, wow, what? why were you, what were you learning to be thinking? Like, <laughs> I don't know, I think it was, in the middle of the, it was in the middle of the Australian summer. So we were having like tropical storms come in every now and then. So oh, I was thinking, do why, why don't we make more efficient guttering? Um, but cool. anyway, uh, some examples of some actual Boink uh, businesses. There aren't that many, actually. Um, there is uh, one called Charity Engine. Uh, it's not a project, but it is a project that runs using Boink. Um, I uh, And as always with uh, businesses, uh, take your own risks. Um, I don't want to pitch them too much, but Charity Engine is a business that's based uh, on Boink. Um, I don't know if I want to say it, but Rosetta at Home might be some sort of non-for-profit business because they did take a grant from the Audacious Project uh, earlier on this year, I think, or it was late last year. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure if Rosetta actually has a business model, but all I know is that they do have funding. So it could be possible that they are non-for-profit. Well, and another example is, uh, and this is really cool. I'll tell the story of how this one started. So, because it, it started at the workshop last year. And this is the reason why just getting together, even if it's not in a room, although being in a room is better, is really important. Uh, so we were talking about how some people have like spare money, but they don't want to buy rigs and then upkeep uh, the rigs uh, and, and then, you know, do all that. Let's just call it nonsense in this context, right? Uh, so, But they want to contribute to Boink and they would be willing to pay a premium if they could contribute to Boink without having to uh, build the hardware and everything. So uh, someone from the workshop went out and built a business where uh, I think they just started and it's uh, basically piloting with a a project or two right now, I think. And you can go out and buy uh, basically products which are Boink credits, Boink work units, and you give them money and uh, they allocate computation to a project of your choice. Uh, and there's a little bit of premium on there. And I think I'm not entirely sure how the business model runs because it's very early, but the really cool thing, you know, we were just talking about in a room and they went out and that could be, if they don't ask for a premium now, they could in the future. And it turns into a, a fairly reasonable business because they identified that, Hey, there are probably a lot of people out there that would contribute to Boink, but really don't want to go through the trouble of maintaining hardware. Uh, so that that's pretty cool. And I think they use the cloud. Uh, to provide the computing or computation cycles. Uh, I'm not entirely sure on the details. If they ever, if they're listening and they ever want to come in and talk about it, they are more than welcome. Uh, um, yeah, I was going to say, just reading the chat here, I did miss out on one uh, very obvious um, Boink project that could be a business model. And uh, Sackpop just mentioned graphics visualization, but to draw on that, 
animation. Uh, there is a project, if I'm not mistaken, it's called Burp at Home, if I'm not mistaken. And that one Jeez. does uh, um, animations using Blender on the distributed network, if, if I'm not mistaken. So that already exists, but I don't know if that's a business model. I think that's just for just for charity. And also charities are business models. So even if you can think of a possible charity that can run on Boink, then go for it, yeah. And for, uh, for people interested, Burp stands for Big Ugly Rendering Project, and I love that name. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so you were talking a lot about uh, projects specifically making a profit off of work, and that brings up uh, and I don't want it, it brings up a, a talking point at least that I want to get back to at some point. But there, there's also the idea like what I uh, the example I gave, where someone is not a project, and also charity engine is an example of like uh, of something like this, where it's it's not a project itself, but it stands beside the software and uh, provides a service that uses this open source software because. A, a, Boink is this open source software, as I've said three times now. So it's not, uh, you can't like sell Boink itself. That's just wrong. You can't do it. Uh, what you can do is provide these services that these two examples gave. I'm just talking in circles, but I think that's very, it's a very important thing to grasp. So if you're another example of maybe an idea of, uh, business is uh, doing what World Community Grid does, except with a profit, uh, with a business model behind it. So World Community Grid is fortunate to be fortunate enough to be IBM's like uh, corporate responsibility project. So they have essentially a customer. It's a very large customer uh, that pays for all their their uh, the personnel and their hardware and everything like that. But if you could find a profitable business uh, model where you buy the hardware, you do all the service work or you hire people, and then you go to universities and colleges and say, hey, come in and uh, I'll build you a Boink project. What do you need to get done? And they just essentially, you just sit down with a scientist and they say, I need this done. Here's my data. You go build the project, you crunch it, and you send them the results and they pay you for that. Uh, you could, so basically you're building an umbrella project. So you could have this whole queue of people set up different projects in line and you have a premium on that. And there's a couple of communities that have been talking about that for a very long time. And these communities are coming from another type of profit, um, like field, field, you pr uh, produce profit off of Boink um, that I'm not going to talk about too much, but I will highlight it here because it is very appropriate in this context. So you have the projects that you can make, pr uh, produce profit with. You can have these services that you can use Boink to produce profit with. And then there are these cryptocurrency networks now that are building entire open source economic networks, open economies uh, built on top of Boink. So you can use those and Charity Engine actually uh, works with uh, by using one of these cryptocurrency networks to make profit. That's part of their business model. Yeah, um, and to build off of that, um, to call upon one of the issues I've listed here, uh, you're probably thinking, well, if you're going to crunch Boink and then the person that's making the project is making all the money and you, the cruncher, is only there just simply volunteering, what, what do you get in return? And, and that's one of the issues that a lot of people will raise. Why am I donating my computing power if it's just giving money to someone else? And so that's one of the issues that, um, it, that comes about, which is how crunchers can be remunerated. And uh, going off of your cryptocurrency idea, the great thing about cryptocurrency is that it makes it easy to actually just send money. So 
Um, it could be that when a business um, does start up with Boink and they want to remunerate their cr- crunches in some way, cryptocurrency could be a viable option. Um, otherwise, some other ways that they could be remunerated is uh, instead of going directly to the crunches, uh, they could donate to a specific community fund. So, for example, to support the developers of Boink and to help improve the Boink software. Um, or even an even better idea maybe is to actually give uh, the crunches, if the business has its own products that it sells, the crunches could maybe get some sort of credits to spend at the business or something like that. Yeah, there's so many options when it comes to actually being a product or being a project and making profit. So many being different ways. <laughs> I'd love to be a bottle of shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You know what? <laughs> actually thinking about it. Just an unopened, just like crystal clean bottle of shampoo. You're just like sitting there chilling, got no worries in the world. You're clean, clearly. Did I take this too far? Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> so the that was the issue that I wanted to come back to. So thank you for coming coming back to that because that it is it's a weird feeling when I contribute a lot of work to these projects through my processor and actually depreciate the value of my processor because over time I'm just running this thing. It's like a car; it depreciates over time. Um, and, and from my depreciation, someone else profits. There's a weird feeling with that. At the same time, you know, you come to terms with the fact that you're contributing to science. But if I see like a project, and I, I don't mean to pick on Rosetta at Home, but I'm going to use them because they're a very popular project. Um, if I see Rosetta at Home or World Community Grid, for example, come out with a profitable drug and they like pull a Shkreli. And they just jack up the price from this this drug they where the foundational research was done for free essentially. That's gonna make me never crunch that project again, right? Like that's very. If there was a way to send back to the people that gave you the um, to give back to the people that gave you the foundational research in the first place, that's another story. Then you know make a reasonable business model out of the drug you've discovered. But that that's the just the the train of thought around a project profiting directly off of other people's contributions it's it's foggy yeah and uh, i was going to say uh the idea of sort of making a boink project for profit uh is the fact that um boink has historically been and traditionally is for people who just want to volunteer and uh, it is the idea of this, and the reason I bring it up is because it is interesting. It goes against the tradition of Boink, and it goes against the tradition uh, and history of Boink being volunteer only. Um, I mean, it it's, it doesn't hurt to maybe try something new, and it does. In my eyes, business can bring a lot of things to to Boink. Um, for example, um, it would uh, it would probably bring a lot of people to Boink if if people uh, in the example that I had before can see that. Oh, if I use my computer running on in the background while I go off to work and then come back, I could earn money crunching for this Boink project for business. So it could bring a lot of people to Boink. And maybe the majority of people might go to just only that project. But because you're on Boink, you have the ability to go and explore other projects too. So a small portion of those, or maybe a portion of those people that come to that Boink project for profit might find the other volunteer projects. You're talking about paying crunchers, right? Yeah, so in my idealistic scenario of oh, what if a Boink project is actually for profit and it actually makes money and gives back to the crunches. Yeah, because at the end of the day, these projects are going to probably make money off, off off the stuff they discover. Like if they discover a cure for the coronavirus. Off the guttering. The guttering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. But yeah, if they discover a cure for the coronavirus, they're going to make money off of it. Like it's not like the the crunchers contributing cycles is the volunteer aspect that has um, some of these cryptocurrency networks are trying to bring economics in through that avenue. And it's very, very fascinating. Uh, If you're interested in that aspect at all, definitely check out some of these networks. Uh, But the, the monetization of the results of a project, I think, is inevitable. And I think it's already happened. I, I have no doubt that there's been a paper published from research done from Boink that has turned into a translational product since sometime in 19, since 2000. There's got to be one, right? Um, so there, there's there's two different, two different scenarios there. Monetize, monetarily incentivizing the crunchers and producing a product. Jeez, because you do become a product when you produce a project that... Uh, creates results that you then you sell. become shampoo <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to bring in what the chat is talking about in a little bit uh but the the last thing i want to add here because this is a pretty big issue um I, I see at least with uh selling the results of a project right so boink i say it all the time is an open source project it's also permissionless which is really cool anyone can come in and make a boink project. Uh, there's no oversight committee. There's no council of elders or, or whatever. Like you just build a boink There's no project. high council of science. <laughs> exactly. You just build a boink project and hook it into the infrastructure, uh, and and people, and then convince people to crunch your project through one means or another. Uh, so with those principles, it's it's also like indirectly tied into open education and, and open science. A lot of the open science principles, where uh, the the interaction between the scientists, because of the way it's built with building a Boink project and then convincing crunchers to crunch your project, you the the scientists. Uh, is indirectly incentivized to educate a general population about their science, and that's really really important. Uh, so if so, so, that's just another part of the open science principles that is part of Boink as a whole. Now, part of another aspect of the open world is something called open data. And I will give a shout out to World Community Grid right now because in their release for open pandemics, they said right there in the release, we're, we're going to continue to be an open data project. So when we uh, do find a really cool result, it's everyone's and we're going to give the tools that we use to the scientific community to continue to build and, and do stuff like that. Free vaccines for everyone. <laughs> yeah. But th- so there, that's that's an important aspect, actually. Jokes aside, so that that is very important. If you proprietize, proprietize. If uh, if if you uh, hold to yourself the results of your project, uh, that seems wrong. It should be open data. The data that we all work on as a community, as a network, and give back to you um, should be open. But then what you can do is build a business beside the data. You don't need to own the data and sell the data. Um, it, that business model is going to die out eventually anyway, uh, ownership of data. But the besides that, you, you can... World Community Grid can take the data, anyone can take the data, and they can build a vaccine with it and sell the vaccine. But so could anyone else, sort of thing. And and whoever builds the better vaccine with the data that they get back wins. That's competition in the business world. That's awesome. So there's there's the, the, the main point I'm getting at is it's that difference when you're a Boink project that makes profit off the results. There's that difference between making profit off of owning the data after you get it back from a cruncher and using the data than to build something else. And I think uh, that the second option, using the data to build something else, is probably the best and meshes with the rest of Boeing's philosophies a little better. 
Uh, yeah, and you bring up a big issue with data, and uh, there are there is also uh, one issue that I want to talk about in the chat. Um, but before I get to that one, uh, just some basic issues with the data is if if the business is actually selling the data, then who has the intellectual ownership of it? Because the point crunchers actually crunch and do the computations to create that information, and then that information is then used or sold. So what's the sort of ownership behind that? Right. If you're doing some sort of data mining, there's definitely privacy issues involved there. Uh, and the key issue in the chat is... It does monetizing boink work create a, a a proposition for cheating? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. Uh, immediately, I say no because people cheat anyway uh, without money. <laughs> people cheat in boink mm. all the time, and that's why they've spent a lot of time fixing that. But also, you know, the counter to that is distributed computing is still very very young, and there may be a way to um, stop cheating in the future, the not too distant future. Uh, and, and well, to get rid of cheating, you need to have cheating. <laughs> so it's just like uh, computer security. To have computer security, you need to have hackers. So. Right. Well, for example, right now they run a work unit twice, right? They verify that it's it's done correctly by running it more than once on different machines with different crunchers. Uh, a lot of Beauty projects. Of distribution. Yep. So the argument against that is, well, you're using twice as much energy as necessary to run the work unit. But the argument for it is, yeah, but you're making sure your results are more likely to be valid than That's what you not. Get. <laughs> yeah. So maybe in the future, there's a way to uh, ensure that someone's not cheating without having to run it twice. But at the same time, just run it twice. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's the obvious disadvantage of the distributed um, computing network and certain Boink projects as well that have those sort of validation techniques is that you're repeating work a lot in order to just generally validate uh, that stuff. But, I mean, that's the only way you can really do it in, in a distributed fashion. Same with projects like Zooniverse.org. Um, you have maybe 100 people looking at a particular classification and they all make their classification. And maybe 80% of the people say it's this thing, but then 20% of the people say it's that thing. So in order to make a judgment on that classification, you take the mean and then do some fancy statistics to do it. So it does have its computational flaws, but um, the big issue here is actually ensuring that there's no um, ulterior motives for cheating on Boink work and all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, and one of the cool things uh, about these crypto networks that are working on this stuff is they deal with game theory a lot. So one of the ways to stop people from cheating is to make it more expensive to cheat than just not to cheat. So one of the things here in the chat is like, uh, Mike G says, personally, I'm very against any monetization of Boink. There's enough cheating as it is, which can ruin our data uh, without also having a monetary incentive to cheat. You can use the monetary incentive to stop cheating. You just need to design the economy right. Uh, and it, that is a really interesting theory. There are some of these networks that have run for over 10 years with the uh, massive amount of money behind them incentivizing people to cheat, but just enough on the other side that give rewarding people for playing by the rules so that people haven't cheated the system. It's very, very fascinating. And maybe it'll work long-term. That's still a new field, but... There, this is what I'm saying. By there's there's ways this might happen in the future that um, we're not thinking of right now. Uh, but on the philo philosophical side, I do understand when people are like, "Well, uh, I'm not against monetization because it people boink to volunteer, and, and we shouldn't monetize that. We shouldn't take that 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 purity away." Um, I'm curious to what 
other people here think, but I'll give my opinion on that perspective real quick. Um, so what do we want, I think, is the question. Do we want a pure entity uh, like this pure volunteer computing, or do we want science to get done? And do we want it? Do we want science to get done in the most equitable way possible when particularly when up against a proprietary business model, which takes science and turns it out and turns it into a product and makes as much money off of it as quickly as possible without sharing any of the means, any of the ways they got to their product, any of the data that they used. They don't tell you how they did it. They don't tell you how cheap they could make the drug, any of that. So that's what we're going against. And, and up against that, do we want this pure thing or do we want something that you know counters that a little bit and produces science well? Um, and and equally and fairly. Uh, and I would say we want the latter there. And if that's the case, you kind of have to bring money into it because in my experience and in my studies, that pure thing, while beautiful, does just doesn't compete. It cannot compete and grow and um, really take off in the same way that a business model can. Kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Delta. Like you think that business can bring a lot to Boink if it's structured correctly, if we, you know, if it still meshes in some way with the ethos, but maybe the ethos surrender just a little bit to allow this money to come in. Yeah, and that one big issue with having businesses coming into Boink is purely trust. So yeah. that's the one big issue with that. And um, in just to speculate here, I think the first businesses, if there are businesses that will come into Boink, I think the first ones will probably be projects that are started in like a little cupboard or something like, I forget, was, was it Yo-Yo or something? No, Amicable Numbers that was started in a closet. Um, and uh, it'll just be someone saying, hey, listen, we're going to do, I'm just doing crunching for fun here. Uh, this stuff can actually be sold. If I do sell any of it, I'm going to, donate it to the community or something like that. It's that's what I think the first couple businesses that come into Boink are gonna gonna look like. It's just people saying, Yeah, I'm just doing this for fun. If I make any money, I'll share it with you with the crunches. And that's the great thing if we bring businesses here is that it brings more community and it gives back to the community. Because if the businesses don't give back to the community, they don't have their model. They don't have a business model anymore. Right. And I think a lot of it is like the trust you're talking about and uh Smo says that because of the trust issue we need regular workshops. I love it. Uh Yes, but also because Boink is permissionless and there is no council saying you can make a business in Boink. You get a business, you get a business, you get a car, you get a, like... You get a protein, you get a protein. <laughs> we, I, I think it's, um, I think the future is going to be a game theory model where it's just, you don't succeed if you don't make a successful business. And uh, it's just too easy to talk about crypto here. That's going to involve a, a cryptocurrency network. And if you look around the business world around distributed computing, there are so there are dozens, if not hundreds, if not even thousands of projects, like very small startups that are trying to build distributed computing through cryptocurrency networks and through uh, game theory principles. And they're, one of them is going to work. And they are largely not coming from the same ethos that Boink has built up over the years. Uh, so, you know, if Boink builds one, it builds one with that background, with that background of volunteer computing, of open science, of every, just instead of just like a profit motive, profit driven company trying to build this thing. Uh, so, Sackpop here says, uh, also, Boink would compete against AWS, Google Compute, who are very user-friendly. Businesses will much will need a much smoother UX to be attracted. Absolutely. Uh, and there's going to be many more comp uh, competitors uh, in the not-too-distant future. 
so saith my crystal ball. So it's, it's like, what do we want Boink to do? What do we want it to do? It can, it, that's the beauty of Boink. It's a community. It's an open source project. There is no, there's just like there's no council saying you get a business or a protein or a shampoo. There's no one saying we need to go this direction or that direction. It's a bunch of people having a, a um, spirited debate, let's say, about the direction of things to go. And then it takes someone to build that uh, once there's a general consensus. I was going to say to build off of the um, cloud computing stuff. Uh, I was in a um, a fun meeting with uh, my scholars and uh, the CIO of a big uh, company here in Australia, and uh, they were talking about cloud computing. And the CIO said cloud computing is definitely going to be the biggest thing in technology uh, for the next couple of years. Um, given how much cloud computing we're using now, staying at home, it is going to stay here and boom off into the future. So if Boink is able to compete with cloud computing, AWS, as you said it, then we can really bring a lot of people to Boink and we can get a lot of science done. And it's like, uh, you have the option of something like Boink. I feel like I'm repeating myself here, but I'm going to repeat myself, damn it, because I think this is really important. You have the option of something like Boink becoming very large, or you have something like Google Compute, which is money, 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 or science, 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 right? So <laughs> <laughs> Science coin. <laughs> so use, use what we've got here. We've got this thing that's built around educating people and getting them into their project and and um, making it so anyone can join. You don't need to pay to play. You can just build a Boink project. And if you can get people on your project, you can get your science done versus some large company who's going to make you pay to use their service, uh, who's not going, who's going to do whatever it takes to, to buffer their bottom line. Uh, so that's the alternative. And the, the world I would like to see is a world where Boink is big and uh, sort of pushes open science into the mainstream versus uh, another Microsoft shutting down GNU. Like, that's kind of what crosswords we're at right now with cloud computing. So that's my pitch for bringing business into Boink. <laughs> and my pitch is my guttering business. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's a good idea. We can talk after this. Uh, I'll talk to Mike. No, you can do it very, very easily mathematically as well. Um, all you have to do is just do some efficiency, volume calculations, worst case scenario, best case scenario, see if there's any flooding in the gutters and stuff like that. Yeah. And, can, you, yeah. can you engineer a way to mathematically model a gutter to uh, keep leaves away? Uh, uh, probably not that, but uh, <laughs> I think there are some businesses that already do it. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I know some guttering businesses over here that have special like linings for the tops of the gutters, where it has little like spikes on the top of it to keep the leaves out, but let the water through. So sure, those, those spikes aren't just to keep the birds from from. <laughs> no, no, they're not like spiky spikes. They're just oh. like sort of little cone sort of things. Because I know every year I find like a party of birds. They're just up there having a rave on my downspout. I'm like, dude. Can turn them into spikes if you want. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give the birds a nasty surprise. (laughs) On that note, any birds, we apologize. Uh, Feel free to go to Delta's gutters. Stay away from my gutters. But we will wrap up here. Uh, To close on the business uh, with Boink idea and, uh, you know, us versus the centralized corporation, we are, as Boink, we are a network. We're large group of people from around the world, from different institutions. You know, Eber, uh, Eber just came in as their own network, now sort of connected to the Boink network. You know, that's a pretty cool edge to have right there. So 
a distributed system versus centralized system. We, and if we don't bring business into Boink, I don't think it can get done because altruism is beautiful, but it doesn't go very far, unfortunately. So that said, we'll do a different topic next week. We just did a tech topic. We just, uh, last week, we did a sort of a, a business topic this week. Maybe we'll do a social oriented topic next week. I don't know. Who knows? But join us uh, next Friday at 5 p.m. EST on the Boink Network Discord server to find out. And you can come see my beautiful face next time as well. Whole time, it's just been a black screen for me. <laughs> yeah, that's because your Discord's broken. Yeah. Oh, oh, well. We'll see you next week, guys. <laughs> see ya.